Greetings and welcome to Converging Streams, Interfaith Fellowship in Our Modern World. Our program is a production of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship and the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie. Today's topic is Reverence for the Small. Please welcome Reverend Thomas Perchlick of the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie. We live in a world that is cruel. This world where the weak, the vulnerable, receive little protection, no honor. There was a comic strip I saw in the Sunday morning paper, Speed Bump. In the first panel, there were two lions out on the open plains, perhaps the Serengeti, and the father was speaking to the son. He said, son, I want you to know that we are predators. We prey on the weak, the old, and the vulnerable. Watch me now how it is done. In the next panel, the lion, the father lion, had a cell phone, and he's talking to a gazelle in the distance. Oh, yes, Mrs. Gazelle, I need your credit card number so I can let you in on an unparalleled opportunity. The lion preyed on the weak. He had no reverence for the small. But I want to encourage you today to have reverence for even the smallest of the creation. The unabridged Webster's Dictionary describes reverence as a feeling, as an attitude of deep respect, love, awe, and esteem, as for something sacred. I want to encourage you not only to develop reverence in your attitude, but especially reverence for the small. Religious traditions the world over, all religions, hold this value in common. The central image of the beloved community is one that affirms even the weak and the vulnerable. This is a value upheld and spoken clearly as the word of God by the prophets of Israel. It is enunciated in Christian scripture. It is part of the Buddhist tradition. It is in Islam. It is everywhere. Reverence. Reverence for the small. Reverence is a natural part of human character. Notably, there's almost an automatic reverence for things of great power. If you stand under the rolling power of an enormous thunderstorm, or if you stand before the silent splendor of a radiant sunset, or the serene awareness of the immense ocean, or a vast range of ice-capped mountains, and you will feel some sense of awe and reverence. And this is a good thing. should look or whatever wakens reverence in you, and know that it is vital. In theistic, God-centered traditions, this reverence for those things of the world are to be echoes and reminders of a much greater awe and reverence one holds for the creator of the world. Of course, some people give reverence to those things which don't deserve reverence, to celebrities who simply are well-known people. But Paul Woodruff, teacher of the humanities at the University of Texas, spoke in his book, Reverence, Renewing a Forgotten Virtue about the importance of nurturing a true and deep sense of reverence. He wrote, Reverence runs across religions and even outside them through the fabric of human community, however secular. Woodruff emphasizes the unity that comes from such a universal value and then insists, if you desire peace in the world, do not pray that everyone will share your beliefs. Pray instead that all may be reverent. 
In ancient times, it was argued that the one, one of the fundamental purposes of religion was to facilitate the practice of reverence. The word religion is derived from the Latin noun religio, which denotes an earnest observance of ritual obligations, but also an inward spirit of reverence. Religious reverence takes many forms. It's reverence for the beloved dead, reverence uh, for the past. Chinese sage Confucius lived in a time when society was becoming corrupt and violent. To counter this, he emphasized the necessity of greatest reverence being due to our ancestors. The Jewish and Christian tradition reverence is founded upon the biblical admonition to have fear or awe of the Lord God. In the book of Job, for example, the young man Elihu gets angry at Job, who has lost reverence for God. And at one point he says, How great is God beyond our understanding? Who can understand how he spreads out the clouds, how he thunders in his pavilion? See how he scatters lightning about him, bathing the depths of the sea. At his approach, my heart pounds and leaps from its place. Listen, listen to the roar of his voice, to the rumbling that comes from his mouth. The effect of this passage is to evoke awe, respect, esteem, humility before the Creator. On the other hand, the Reverend David Bumbaugh says that religious language doesn't have to mean God talk. Bumbaugh observes that a vocabulary of reverence is implicit in humanism with its emphasis on human study and understanding of the natural world. Humanism suggests that the universe itself is continually incarnating itself in microbes and maples, in hummingbirds and human beings, constantly inviting us to tease out the revelation contained in stars and atoms and every living thing. Bumbaugh says, It whispers of a larger meaning to our existence and carries with it implications for how we should live. So even in the smallest aspects of the universe, something grand is revealed. Most famous phrase from European literature evokes this reverence is William Blake's poem, Auguries of Innocence. He says, to see a world in a grain of sand and heaven in a wildflower, hold infinity in the palm of your hand and eternity in an hour. These little things that one often ignores can become revelations full of numinous power. A leaf in a sunlight, uh, sunlight in a leaf or a flower. To have reverence for life is an essential value. To be honest, we must admit that sometimes things that receive reverence do not deserve it. Celebrities receive reverence sometimes simply because they're famous or well-known. Sometimes religions, religion confuses rituals and institutions of the church with the truth itself, with God itself, making an idol out of humble human community and human activities. In religions, there are many easy targets for ridicule, mindless piety, and such. We should look to reverence, even in the small and the ugly. There's a story about a a taxi cab driver, a horrible taxi cab driver. He's driving a, a... He's a kind of dirty, sloppy man, and he's driving a minister through town, a very important bishop, uh, perhaps. And uh, they get into a car accident, cut a red light. The truck smashes them. They're both killed. They're taken to heaven. And they're told by the 
angel receiving them there, that they will both be revered in heaven according to how many people they turn towards God. The minister says, well, finally, I get the respect I deserve, thinking about how he's mistreated by so many people throughout his life. And he gets taken to a very nice mansion, has servants, he's talking about it. But then he looks out the window and sees this huge palace. And he wonders, oh, who gets that palace? That's a glorious place. Must be Billy Graham or somebody like that. But then he sees the uh, angels leading the taxi cab driver up to this palace. And he says, what? Why does he get a palace when I only get a, I only get a mansion? I've been preaching great sermons for 25 years. And the angel turns to him and says, well, when you did your work, sometimes people slept. But whenever the taxi cab di- driver did his work, why, even atheists were moved to call out the name of God. So even the small, the weak and the ugly can open us to a reverence. Paul Woodruff said, reverence is the virtue that keeps human beings from trying to act like gods. It's an essential counterbalance to the sin of hubris or pride. Oftentimes, we think ourselves better than others. We see that we have power uh, above someone else, and we overestimate our greatness. What really caught my attention to Woodruff and his work was when he was talking with Bill Moyers on uh, Bill Moyers now with Bill Moyers program. At the end of the show, Moyers was talking with Woodruff about reverence and Woodruff said, it is the virtue in both the Greek system and the Chinese system that protects the people who are most weak in a society from those who are most powerful. When a victorious soldier kills a prisoner, that is a failure of reverence. When a ruler fails to hear a supplicant, that is a failure of reverence. We recently had abuses in prison in Iraq. That was a failure of reverence, I would add. This is an essential element of democracy, the desire to protect the rights and dignities of everyone, even prisoners within the prison system. William Blake in the less quoted lines of that famous Auguries poem about the grain of sand, emphasizes this fact. Later in that poem, he says, A robin redbreast in a cage puts all heaven in a rage. A dog, starved at his master's gate, predicts the ruin of the state. How we treat the smallest member of society, even the small creatures of our environment, determine the well-being of all. The reason that reverence for the small is so important that reverence for something creates a complementary awareness of our own limitations and also our own deserve need for respect and good treatment. Power leads to pride, pride to arrogance, and that leads to a fall. When Hector requests in the Iliad, Whoever wins their battle will treat the body slain with respect. Achilles' response is, Does a wolf make deals with a lamb? Who could be smaller than the powerless body of a dead soldier? He has no reverence. The ancient Greek theodicy emphasized the importance of reverence for the small and his description of the community said, Our constitution is named a democracy because it is in the hands not of the few but of the many. Open and friendly in our private intercourse, in our public acts, we keep strictly within control of law. We acknowledge the restraint of reverence. We are obedient to whomever is set in authority. 
if you were a young man, African-American, Arab-American, for, for example, and if you were stopped by a racist police officer on a lonely road late at night, the only thing that can protect you from injustice, from harm, is that officer's respect for your rights that are granted by law, a reverence for you placed in the law of the land. If you are without money, lying in a hospital bed and terribly sick, it is the only a reverence for life, respect for the inherent worth <clears throat> and dignity of each person that protects you from being kicked out on the street. And there are places in this world where people without money are left to die in the streets. As the Reverend Martin Luther King said, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Lack of reverence for the small undermines democracy. In war, it is difficult to honor the small, but only in a very great nation, only a truly great nation will wage war without losing reverence for the small, trying to protect the innocent and the vulnerable. Do not forget that you too share in the greatest power of the world. The same hand that covers the land with thick sheets of ice and snow also fashions the snowflake with delicate beauty. Each of us, no matter how small our work or weak deserves a measure of reverence. As the poem, poem Tennyson put it, let knowledge flow from more to more, but more of us reverence in us dwell, that mind and soul according well may make one music as before. Thank you for listening to Converging Streams, Interfaith Fellowship in Our Modern World. Our program is a production of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship with content and financial support from the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie and technical support from radio stations WCRD and Work FM. Most importantly, we thank you, our listeners and followers, for your support. To connect with Converging Streams, including listening to our entire catalog of past programs, getting our latest new content, and making your own contribution to this program, visit our website, convergingstreams.org. Converging Streams is produced by Tony Piazza, George Wolf, and Thomas Perchlick. Thank you for listening, and have a pleasant week.